How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. This is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. We are following up in the aftermath of the draft, and there's plenty to go over. And today, uh, while we are getting ready to have a bunch of guests come on and bring you uh, a lot of different perspectives than just ours, uh, some of them we're even going to have to split into two parts, I'm pretty sure, because uh, once we get talking about this draft class and where everything is, it has a tendency to go on. So uh, keep an ear out for that. We have tons coming at you. Hopefully some still this week, definitely next week. Um, check out the rest of the podcast network. Lockdown NFL is doing a review of every division in football, and that's uh, leading into what we're doing today. Today, I'm going over where each team is in the arms race for the AFC West title in 2017. A lot of changes, and you, you might be surprised at who did what to really help themselves out. Now, in Kansas City... Everyone's excited about Pat Mahomes, and that's great. But Pat Mahomes is a 2018 factor. If he plays in 2017, something has gone horribly wrong. So we're not going to bank on him, and he really was the focus of this draft class. So we're going to set the Chiefs aside for a second, and we're talking about the other three teams in the division. And really, I think what you're seeing is a tightening across the entire spectrum. I think the Chiefs did the best for them long term, and we're going to talk about that here in a minute. The Raiders have helped themselves both short-term and long-term. The Broncos are holding pat pretty much. And then what we're going to start with is the San Diego Chargers, the worst team in the AFC West last season. Where are they now? It's been up and down. They are It's still – did I say San Diego? I can't remember because it's still really hard to imagine the Chargers playing in Los Angeles, even though it's going to happen. The Chiefs are going to have to deal with that as part of their routine. But they are a team that has been in disarray, and you're trying to prop up an aging quarterback in Phillip Rivers and try to give him everything you can to make a last run at a championship in the West and, and making the postseason, which is you know not something they've been able to do with, with any regularity throughout his career. And this is getting towards the end of it. So their offseason has been a little bit up and down. Keenan Allen's going to return. Haven't seen a whole lot of major upgrades. I know there's a couple, but honestly nothing that makes me think that the Chargers have taken a big step. And then they get to the draft. And for an aging quarterback with a significantly deep arm, uh, but not a whole lot of targets outside of uh, an almost as elderly <laughs> Antonio Gates and Keenan Allen who's coming off of major injury, Getting him another target that can go up and get the ball is a significant upgrade. Now, Mike Williams is going to burn past you. He does have some some decent speed, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to stretch the field for you. They're still going to rely on the guys that they already have on the roster for that. But Mike Williams is a red zone target to go with uh, Antonio Gates and, and Henry as well. I, I think their young tight end proved that he can be a factor in that red zone game. 
But Williams has a catch radius that is just incredible. And with him and Rivers together, I think they're going to be able to move the sticks a lot better in the passing game come 2017. So that's that's one factor. And then the biggest elephant in the room for Sandy, for the Chargers, good Lord, has been for the last several seasons, they're, they're patched together offensive line, the worst in the AFC West by far. And they did a pretty solid job. They brought in Okung from Denver. Now, you're going to say, not the greatest upgrade. Fair enough. But an upgrade over what they had. That's an improvement. He's a passable tackle in the NFL still. Uh, he will make them be able to do more of their offensive design than, than they have been in the past. So you have to give him at least that. The big thing is that they went and they kind of followed the Raiders' path and took two guards high in this draft. Both second-day selections were guards. The, the top two on my board at the position in Forrest Lamp and Dan Feeney out of Indiana. Now, Lamp is an athlete. He'll be over on the left side because he can move around, he can pull, he's good in space. Um, little issue with power. Um, Dan Feeney's the exact opposite. He's a grinder. He's a powerful guy. He's not the same kind of athlete. Uh, much better suited as a right guard. I think that's where he'll line up. But now they have a couple of guys on the interior that can help them with that run game, get Melvin Gordon going, which will give them a little bit more balance. So coming at the Chiefs with that offense, it's for a team that had to come back in the first game of last season. Uh, the, the Chiefs had their hands full then. They're going to have their hands full again. You know, the question is: Is Keenan Allen back to health, and he can he really run away from Marcus Peters like he did last year? And that's going to be uh, both a schematic thing the Chiefs have to deal with, as well as see what what they can do in terms of getting a better jam on him and letting Marcus Peters do what he does a little bit more. Now, they got a couple of safeties on the back end of their defense. They had some linebacker issues that they didn't address in the draft. Um, maybe their their secondary has gotten better. We're, we're looking at Verrett still. Um, that's really the highlight of their secondary. But Rayshon Jenkins is a good player. They picked him in the fourth round. He'll compete for a starting job, as far as I can say, and, and he will contribute on special teams. So you get some lift instantly from that. Um, they were, I, I believe, on average, they were the worst special teams team in the AFC West last season as well. Um, they got some reserves on the lines, but I don't expect either of them to really play at all. So that, that's not a, a 2017 factor. Desmond King is also another safety they got in the fifth round. Uh, that's going to give him some hawking skills, and, and maybe he gets on the field. I don't know. That competition might get a little hairy. I don't know if he'll make it, but their top four picks are going to play. And I think they probably did it the best from taking themselves from where they were in 16 to where they're going to be in 17 in terms of how they drafted and how they signed and, and how they went about their personnel and, and adjusting their roster in the offseason. So I'll give them credit for that. I still think they finished last in the AFC West, but you know when you're coming off the bottom, it takes a couple of steps. Fall has arrived at JCPenney, the perfect time to refresh your home. From now until Sunday, get up to 50% off select comforter sets, furniture, and the most comfortable mattresses from top brands like Tempur-Pedic, Sealy, Beautyrest, and more. And save 50 to 60% on select sheet sets, plus an extra 15% with your coupon on select home items. Hurry and soon. That's getting your pennies worth. JCPenney. Coupon valid 928-109 on select home items, furniture, and mattresses. Prices valid 928-101. Selections vary by store while supplies last. Savings on regular and original prices. Intermediate markdowns may have been taken. Some exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Now, when we go, the second team that I think helped themselves some, but not as much as they needed to, is the Denver Broncos. Yes, they, they let Ocon go. Um, their offensive line is a shambles. They are really, really iffy, except for center. They've got a solid center in uh, Paradis. 
they picked up Garrett Bowles, uh, who is the most athletic tackle in this draft. And yes, he will help them. He's got a nasty streak, uh, but he's also got some leaning issues. He's got balance issues as well. So that's something that I think the more experienced pass rushers are going to get a shot to to manhandle him a little bit. I, I expect Tom Bahali, uh to have a decent go at him, especially early in the season. Uh, whenever their first matchup is, I would think Tomba has a better shot there. And D. Ford should be able to get him as well. Uh, Ford's first step is going to be something Bulls can get to athletically, uh, but his control, his lean, and his lack of balance, I think, is something that D. Ford's going to take advantage of pretty quickly. Uh, so while they did improve, they didn't do that great. So their second-round pick is Marcus Demarcus Walker from Florida State, a guy that, that Therese Paler had on his juice team, uh, and that's fine. He's he's a strong guy. He can get after it against the pass, but he's more than a liability against the run, in my opinion. No offense, Trez, but uh, I see the Chiefs running at him some because I don't think his anchor and his strength at the point of attack is enough to hold up against a pronounced Chiefs run game, which for all intents and purposes, yes, Kareem Hunt is, is another option, but it's going to be Spencer Ware. Uh, Hunt, I think, is going to get some playing time. But they're they're both good inside the tackles, and I think that's the way they want to attack this defensive line because this is still the weak spot uh, for the Denver Broncos right there. They picked up a couple of guys on the edges in uh, Carlos Henderson, a wide receiver. Uh, later on, they even went down and got uh, Isaiah McKenzie, who's a super speed guy, but tiny at five foot seven. Uh, two wide receivers that are the speed oriented type. Uh, whether they can adapt and and be able to get off of the press and, and get into this Denver offense uh, remains to be seen. They picked up a nice guy in uh, Brendan Langley out of Lamar, uh, a, a developmental quarterback, but he's got a lot of athleticism. Uh, he's got some nose for the ball. They did put the fifth-year option on Bradley Roby, so you're still looking at the top three that the Chiefs have been facing for the last couple of seasons when they go into that, that three set to try and pick apart the Bronco secondary. Not much change, not much drop-off. Maybe they're, they're comfortable with that. I still think the safeties are the way to attack the Broncos in terms of the pass game. So, uh, Travis Kelsey, that's going to be on you some and, and maybe some of the interior uh, pass catchers for the Chiefs. The interesting thing is that the Broncos did make one selection that I think pays off down the line if he's healthy. Uh, big question mark whether he will be healthy, but Jake Butt is a tight end that I think they got him late in the fifth round. I think that's a great pick for them. If he can come back physically, even to say 90% of what he was in college, I think he's a guy that can have a a longer career in the NFL, and he can help the Broncos' offense quite a bit. Somebody that, yes, while Derek can cover him, um, I'm uncertain whether Rameek Wilson would be able to or some of the other Chiefs linebackers. So when they're in that base defense with two linebackers and don't have the third safety in the box, uh, that's that's something that they have to be concerned about and something they'll have to fix here in years down the line because Jake Butt isn't going to be ready for 2017. Um, this is more of a longer play, and that's fine. But they got a little bit that they can get on the field right away, and I think what they lost in free agency, they probably made up for in the draft, and overall I think they're probably a wash. So I still think the Broncos are trailing the Raiders and the Chiefs, but uh, they took a, a small step forward. Now when we get to the Raiders – this is really tales of, of two parts of the offseason. Derek Carr's back. Uh, they've started their OTA program, and he is handing the ball off. He is moving around. Um, yes, he's being uh, cautious and a little bit ginger with it, but Derek Carr's going to be the quarterback. There's not going to be 
uh, unless he re-injures himself with a broken fibula isn't something that's that's apt to break again. Uh, generally, a, a, a break like that is going to heal uh, to the point that it's maybe even stronger than it was a little bit before. So don't count on Derek Carr missing any time or missing any games against the Chiefs. He is going to be your opponent in 2017. But what they did outside of that in this Marshawn Lynch thing, it's it's a possibility that he comes back and he is close to where he was before, and that that's a huge factor. Uh, that gives the Chiefs something to worry about, especially when the Chiefs decided not to address inside linebacker at the draft. Uh, they don't have anybody else, young guys to put in there that maybe are a little bit more apt at taking on the run. So we'll see what Ramik's done in this offseason. That's going to be kind of a factor there. But to say that Marshawn Lynch is going to come back and step back to where he was before is, is a long shot. It's nowhere near a guarantee. But even Marshawn Lynch, it's, it's a 60 or 70% of what he was, is still an upgrade over what they had. Uh, and you expect that he's going to run strong. He's going to run for power. He's not going to have the breakaway. And I don't think he's going to be able to break as many tackles. But it's still going to be a concept where the Raiders have a bit more balance thanks to this move on their offense. And that's something the Chiefs have to be particularly aware of. Now, they did a great job the last time they played Marshawn Lynch when he was in Seattle, uh, and they shut him down fairly effectively. I think he still ran for a good day, but it wasn't uh, a deal breaker. It wasn't something that they had to you know, make halftime adjustments for or, or really go out of their way to stop. So while he could be a factor, I don't think he sets the whole thing up. And then you get to what they did in their draft, and they took a big chance on Gary and Conley in the first round, a cornerback, which, yes, is a position of need, and they, they needed to have it. But this guy in particular is is under an accusation uh, that happened the month before the draft, just a couple weeks before the draft, supposedly, uh, in Cleveland, uh, uh, been accused of rape. And while everyone's innocent until proven guilty, his initial reaction was that he didn't meet the woman and all this kind of thing and and now there's there's video and all these things coming out so the Raiders may have made a a mistake in their first round they might not even have their first round pick available to him we'll have to see what happens legally but uh the guy can play he is a solid athlete he is somebody that uh I think is probably a little bit better in in a zone scheme than trying to press so I think that's something that Jeremy Mackley in particular can take advantage of um, he's fairly athletic, but Tariq Hill can obviously blow by him. I think Chris Conley can as well. Uh, a factor, yes, if he is on the field, but not anything that's heart-stopping. I think their best pick probably for value is Obi Malafonwu, who's that huge six foot four safety uh, who can – it's incredible to say, but at 224 pounds and six foot four, he can play some nickel. And he can come in the box, and he can play deep, although I think deep is probably his his weakest aspect. But he's a guy that's going to be all over the field, and, and they like their their previous safety, so they've got a pair of young guys there. And, and so I think schematically the Chiefs can take advantage of that in terms of route combinations and, and dialing up some more intricate play. And really, if Alex Smith is being pushed uh, to get – his game to the next level, um, his eyes are going to be very important uh, in a young secondary and, and picking it apart a bit more. Now, I know you guys are saying, well, they beat them twice last season. It's not really that much of an issue. The Raiders have improved. So it, they're still the, the biggest threat to the Chiefs in this particular year uh, for the AFC West title, and, and I think uh, you don't want to sleep on them. They're going to have a couple of new guys on their lines. Uh, Eddie Vanderdoes, I think, was overdrafted, but he's somebody that's going to get some time. Uh, 
the Chiefs will be able to move him out. I'm not concerned about that. He's he's not overly athletic. He is a big guy, but you know the Chiefs are good at combo blocks. They do what they do. I think Laurent Duvernay Tardif is coming into his own uh, at the right guard, and they obviously didn't feel the need to upgrade him. So I think what you're going to see is they're going to be able to take advantage of where the, the Raiders are on their defensive line. Uh, a couple of interesting guys in the back. Uh, Markel Lee, uh, Wake Forest linebacker. He might get on the field. I think he has a, a little bit farther to go than what you would think is a guy that can come in and and bump Ben Heaney out of there. Uh, Jayhawk reference, by the way. Um, so I don't know that you see him on the field. I don't know that that helped them immediately in 17. Maybe down the line, yes. But when we're talking about 17, I don't know uh, that he helps them much. And the rest of their picks are developmental guys that you're not going to have to worry about. So then it comes to the Chiefs, and we're kind of in the same situation uh, as we've been talking about that Mahomes is, is, is next season. Tano Passignon is next season, most likely. Now, maybe he adjusts quicker than I think. Uh, he probably needs to put on a few pounds, although at 289, uh, he's a couple pounds heavier than, than Alan Bailey plays at. So I think we're okay there. I, with he and Bailey back, uh, as well as Chris Jones, and now Benny Logan in the middle, I think the middle is the biggest question mark. If, if Benny goes back to playing like he was able to in Philly when he was a nose, I think the Chiefs are going to be fine. Uh, and I think it gives him a really solid rotation with R&R as well when they're in the four-man front and they're running through tackles through there. And here's the interesting thing about Passanio. There's an outside possibility that depending on health or anything else, Passanio was able to rush from a 4-3 DN position fairly effectively. Honestly, I think that's what he does best. Uh, I know he played the five technique, and Therese is really excited about that and saw a number of other analysts that are, that are really looking into it. But I think what he did best in college was rush as a 4-3 outside guy. And if that rotation continues to falter or if if Tamba and D are not able in the four-man front to get enough pressure on, I think he gets a chance. I think he's somebody uh, with his athletic freakishness, and I hate to use that word because it, it sounds derogatory, but it's not. It's really a compliment. I think he might be able to do some work out on the edge uh, as an end in the 4-3, not on the inside. So keep an eye out for that. And maybe they'll look at that here in the the preseason as they get, uh, go through these team activities before camp and all that. So keep an eye there. Kareem Hunt, I think is going to get some time. I think he is a nice one, two punch with Spencer Ware. I, Sharkandrick West is still a third down back in my eye, but after last season, he was not as productive when trying to run the ball. And I think he's best catching it. And I think he may be the guy who gives up carries to Kareem Hunt. Um, but I like the idea of pacing Spencer Ware for this season a, a bit more. He was great out of the gate, and he faded towards the end. And I think if you can keep his uh, touches down a little bit by by mixing Hunt in there, the Chiefs are going to be better off for the long haul and for, most importantly, that playoff run. This is the year. Make no mistake, Alex Smith is in a position that he could take them back t- to the playoffs, and the goal should be a, an AFC championship game or bust. And if they get that, they're going to need running backs. Um, Jamal Charles a couple of years ago, you know, in that playoff game going down, not having as much running game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, this is a factor. Anybody who tells you that the run game is obsolete and unimportant is wrong. Flat out. Maybe it's not emphasized like it was, but you need to be able to run the ball. And Kareem Hunt's going to get an opportunity to help Spencer Ware do that. Uh, the guy that I'm most intrigued by is, is Jay Cheston. And I just don't know at this point 
where he's at. I like him as a big slot. He can play outside as well. I think he's going to get into the rotation. The question is, how does he do uh, with the concepts, and can he tighten up his routes? I think at the top of his stem, he's a little bit loose. He rounds off some routes uh, more so than I'd like, and we're going to have to see just how well he does with making that adjustment. Uh, you also got guys like Robinson who have a chance to get more playtime, and I think they will because in in college, I thought Robinson did a really good job. Uh, I think he could be another Z of, uh, potentially. He could play the X as well. Obviously, we know how good he is on special teams, so he's going to get there too. Uh, another guy that I'm intrigued by is League Way, the linebacker who is an athletic specimen, um, and I think he's a bit more athletic than even Ramik um, in terms of his chase ability, but again, uh, he's a will. He's not a guy who, who can take on very well. Um, he's not that experienced, and adjusting to the, to this 4-3, I think he'll be in the mix early. I think they want to get a good, hard look at him uh, with as many reps as they can and see where he and Justin March and Rami kind of balance out. Uh, I expect Terrence Smith to fall behind um, because I just don't think he has the athletic skills uh, or the take-on ability to compete with the other three. But this new draft pick may be uh, one that pushes Rameek Wilson for playing time. And that's, that's where I see everything today. We have a, a bunch of interviews lined up. Chris is working on some things uh, as well. So we're going to be a little sporadic on who's on with each day uh, as we go forward. But we have tons of stuff coming. I know this is the, the point where everybody's just waiting for training camp. Well, we're going to fill up your time. We're going to have information for you, and we're going to have a lot of concepts. Um, enjoy. Take a look at what goes on with rookie camp this weekend. And we will be back with our thoughts on that next week. Uh, We'll have another one coming up with Seth here tomorrow. So thanks for listening to us today, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17